Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. 10.20 and it's uh, SENZ that you're listening to here. The new team in town and part of our team this morning is the panel. Uh, and on the panel this morning we've got a highly respected uh, journalist from the press in Christchurch and stuff of course, uh, an expert on a number of subjects, Richard Nola. And to Suzanne McFadden as well, who's making a repeat appearance, which is fantastic. Now, Suzanne is a reigning sports journalist of the year uh, from Newsroom, editor of The Locker Room, which is a big focus on women's sport in particular. Good morning to you both. Suzanne, can I start with you? One of the most emotive issues, I think, coming out of the Olympics at the moment is the Simone Biles situation. Uh, What is your take on that? Morning, Smithy. Thanks for having me back for a second time, too. (laughs) Um, I, it's, it's absolutely um, eye-opening to what, you know, these young women who we put on a pedestal are going through. And um, we've just put up a, a fantastic column in Locker Room um, this morning from New Zealand Olympic Gymnastics um, Representative Angela Walker. And she talks about this as being a good thing, that Biles, you know, she's been through so much in her career, from the Larry Nasser incident to, more than an incident, sorry, uh, but um, to, you know, the pressure that she's been under. Um, and yet here she is standing up and, and being brave enough to say this is enough, this is enough for me and taking control of her career and her life. So it's so hard to know if, as journalists, we're doing the right thing, you know, by by really promoting these young women and putting them out there, putting, you know, putting a spotlight on, on their little mistakes and their errors. And uh, it's... You know, at the same time, we're trying to build up these young women as uh, role models for the next generation coming through. And I think it's really, really important to do that. And at the same time, it's really important to show that um, we all have weaknesses. We all have um, things that we're going through that, you know, in her case, are huge. And I, I applaud what she's done, actually. Well, it's interesting. Um, yeah, a lot of people haven't applauded it, but I think everyone's starting to 
to get more informed about the whole situation, I think, which is key in these matters. Richard Nola, good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining us. It's not something we tend to encounter a, a lot with New Zealand athletes. I mean, our highest profile mm. uh, team under pressure is, I think, it was always the All Blacks, but they're in a team environment, aren't they? And I imagine it's a little easier to cope in that regard. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Smithy. I, I mean, just with the conversation that is, is grown around this, and it is a good thing with mental health, uh, the awareness these days, and, and you know, and, and everyone agrees with that. But it sort of made me think right back for New Zealanders um, when we were growing up following rugby. Probably the first time it really came out for us was when John Kerwin came out in his book. Um, I don't know if you remember. Mm. I think it was about the mid-90s. JK came out with his book, and he spoke about um, his battles with depression, or I think he called it the black dog. Obviously, a lot of people call it that. And that sort of was the first time it was brought open um, more in the, the sort of the wider spectrum here in New Zealand for the, for the sports community. And it did make you think about the pressure these people are under. Um, and he was very brave in coming out, and he's done a terrific job ever since. And it, I think the more people talk about it, um, the more awareness there is. Um, Simone Biles, I do agree. Look, it's very brave for what she's done to come out because she could have boxed on and said, look, I'll do my best to keep charging through. But clearly, well, we don't know everything that's gone on behind the scenes. Um, we don't know what happened in the build-up. You know how many, how long these doubts have been there for. But the other thing, I, I just reading about it, just when they talk about the twisties, which I mean, I'm no expert in gymnastics, but they talk about just how dangerous it was. That um, you know, with the disconnect between the mind and the body, like when they're halfway routine or whatever, and they they have a mind blank and they forget what they're doing, and well, the dangerous situation it's in. You know, that, that she could genuinely be you know badly injured. So. Yeah, I, I think it's quite a courageous call. I mean, a lot of people would say harden up and guts your way, you know, mm. through it and whatever. And I can understand that you do need mental toughness to be a high-profile athlete, and we all understand that. But to do this on the stage like this is a massive call, and good on her. Um, probably down the track, I hope this is not what she's going to be remembered for, but also people are going to clearly take into account what she has achieved in the past. And that's, that's the other part of the story that, this is a good thing, and let's see where it goes. Um, let's hope she gets the chance to really tell her full story around it, and that'll be another thing there. And then young athletes can hang on to that and say, well, yes, you know, we're allowed to make decisions, tough decisions, and and this is why we're doing it. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be very interested in the full story that comes out of it. Just if she gets the chance to do that, and 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 then we can see, you know, what what this whole thing is. See, I for me, you Susan, can there's, there's a couple of things. A... Sorry. Sorry, I was just, just going to say, say, Suzanne. They... Yeah, yeah. Oh, you... the, the fact that the matter is, um, there's two things that I, I find unusual about this, Suzanne, is that one, uh, we didn't see it coming uh, because her build-up has been so positive in everything she's been doing. She's been achieving feats that, uh, in gymnastics that we just thought were going to roll on into the Olympics. The other thing about this uh, scenario is that we quite often... We quite often uh, hear about these things after the event. The fallout comes after the event when they've gone home and it's, uh, you know, it's become too obvious for them. And we, fear, we hear about the symptoms emerging and the repercussions uh, well and truly down the track. This is actually at the event, and that's perhaps slightly different. Yeah, and, and you 
you've got a feel for the rest of the USA gymnastics team who, you know, they were probably oblivious to this too. And, you know, suddenly their the number one member of the team has gone. And, and, you know, with that, I think, went their gold medal in the women's team event. But like Richard said, you know, we don't know what's been going on in Simone Biles' head for the last, you know, week, month, even last couple of years. So this may have been building up to this point. And, yeah, it is a really um, unusual thing to do in the middle of a competition. I mean, we saw Naomi Osaka pull out, um, you know, when she, before she even played a game um, in the Open. So, you know, we're starting to see women taking a stand here. But I, I also, you know, listen to the voices that say, let's hope this doesn't become an excuse for poor competition. Um, and in this case, you know, one bad vault doesn't make you decide you're going to be out of there. But um, I'm listening to that argument as well. And, yeah, it's a really, really hard one. I don't, I, I'm not an athlete, you know, I've never been in that situation of being under incredible pressure to perform um, and to you know, to win gold. This wasn't about her just going out there and doing a good routine. The world expects her to win five or six golds from this, these Olympics. What the heck would that do with your your well-being, you know, with your mental well-being? So, gosh, you know, I was going to say before, um, you can bet there'll be a Netflix series coming out. <laughs> and we'll get to, hopefully get to the bottom of it. But... Um, you know, she has put out a message there to young girls. You know, if you're not feeling okay, say something about it. Actually, we're going to go to the news very shortly. But just, just uh, while you're there, Suzanne, uh, can we equate something across to Tonya Harding, who reacted in a totally different thing, the expectation of having to succeed? Another female American athlete who, uh, of course, history will show was a bit of a villain. Uh, but is that about pressure as well? Was that, is that similar? Absolutely, yeah, an expectation. And um, especially, I think, in the US, you know, it's much more than here. Um, and what success means to you as an athlete in America, you know, what it brings with it. And um, that was obviously you know, part of what Tonya Harding wanted. She wanted the limelight. She wanted the fame and everything that came with it. And um, I guess very two very different situations. But, uh, yeah, I would say the same kind of pressures. Okay, that's uh, Suzanne McFadden. And also we've got Richard Nola with us. We're going to go to the news uh, right now. But when we come back, uh, they're going to stay with us, which is great. And we're going to talk about something on a slightly brighter note. We didn't get the silver, but I want to talk about... Oh, we did get the silver. I want to talk about glorious and beautiful Fiji, particularly Richard Nola, I'm sure we'll have an opinion on that performance and just what that medal means to Fiji in their country. News now with Trudy. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. Yeah. 10.33 here on SENZ. Just we've been talking about uh, the Simone Biles situation with uh, our panellists this morning, Suzanne McFadden uh, and Richard Nola. Uh, Richard, uh, let's talk on a slightly more positive note, shall we? Uh, it was not the gold for the Sevens team last night, but Fiji were absolutely outstanding. And 
Uh, I mean, you've been around the rugby scene for a long time. Uh, seldom have I ever seen emotion like that before and after a game. Yeah, yeah. and congratulations to Fiji too, given everything that's going on on the islands. Um, I, I don't think there'd be any or many New Zealanders, if at all, that would begrudge them, you know, what transpired last night and... Yeah, what a performance by them. Um, yeah, they had emotion. It was something to see, wasn't it? It was um, crikey. When you think of rugby analogies, perhaps even think back before that 95 World Cup final in Joburg when Mandela came out with the Springboks and just mm. what it meant to them and just what it meant to the Fijians and um, in their homeland. And they came out probably, for me, with a perfect game plan. I, I think that really rocked New Zealand, um, just their kicking game. You don't often see that at all in Fiji in sevens as you know and just with those little nudges in behind the line um, in New Zealand didn't really have a sweeper coming in behind to, to clean them up it seemed to catch them by surprise and I, I think New Zealand also they will be disappointed with the way they played um, because they looked so good in that semi-final against Great Britain they were they were clinical. They were they were patient, especially in that first half against Great Britain. They just held the ball and keep pushing away, and, and just the pressure was too much. But when it came to the final, just those couple of mistakes, um, you know, and they conceded a couple of tries. You know, when Webber lost the ball, and then Newstart couldn't control the ball, and the end goal, you know, a couple of quick tries for Fiji. It was it was tough. You know, it was really tough. And I um, and I know New Zealand came back and they did very well. To, claw it back to get within striking distance at half time but oh Fiji you know the way they finished in that towards the end of the game it was um, yeah it was a great sight to see and just their powerful runners what a what a terrific effort there was to, at one point when they just blew down the left flank and then scored on the other side of the park it was um, yeah you can't help but feel for everything that they're going through and um, yeah I just um, congratulate them and it was and the emotion after the full time whistle and, it, and when they got the medals as well it was probably one that that's what makes the Olympic Games so great, isn't it? I, I just, yeah, mm. and well done to them. And very tough for our guys. And I heard Carl Tanana on, speaking on your show earlier on saying that it might be the end of the line for a couple of guys, likes of, likes of the, one of the co-captains, um, Scott Curry, and that would be tough. And you could see the emotion on, on his face afterwards when he was being interviewed by Sky Sport, couldn't you? We could, um, the poor guy, he was absolutely shattered. But um, I think even when he reflects that they will probably... Never begrudge Fiji what they've achieved there last night. There was almost, uh, Susanna, uh, an air of romance about it. And I don't often say that when New Zealand don't win, but uh, we've seen it, uh, you know, previously with the, the Fiji 15s team. They were playing with emotion, saw uh, signs of that. We shouldn't have uh, probably doubted the fact that they'd come out all guns blazing, but, man, it, was, it almost brought me to tears. Oh, yeah, how could you not cry? <laughs> you know, even before the game, these guys were in tears. Afterwards on the podium, and they were singing their, their um, special hymn that they sing before and after games. Oh, it was just a tear It was beautiful. And when you think about what those guys have been through, you know, they've been together as a team since Easter. They, you know, they haven't seen their families since then because of lockdown and so they they got to Japan on a cargo plane with boxes of frozen fish. And, you know, what what their country is going through is, you know, we really can't relate to it. It, it must be absolutely devastating. And 
So uh, I absolutely applaud them. Um, I was sorry, New Zealand, but I was excited that they won because I think they needed it more than we did. And I know that the New Zealanders were absolutely gutted, but go our seven sisters now. It's their turn to win gold. Yeah, I think they're a big chance as well. But uh, Suzanne, uh, you'll be glued, I imagine, this afternoon because uh, women have already presented us with a silver in rowing. Uh, but today, I think uh, Prendergast and Gowler offer us uh, a chance of the big prize. And uh, I imagine you'll be pretty excited about that. And that'll be a big feature of Locker Room going forward if that eventuates. It will, it will. And I really do think they will take the gold. They're going to be pushed by the Greeks who um, stole their world record for about half an hour, if that, yesterday. Um, and Gala and Prendergast got it back. They're determined. They're the world champions. And I don't think, you know, they won't, they'll, won't settle for anything but gold today. And I think it'll open, you know, the floodgates for more medals at rowing. We've got uh, the two eights coming up. And Emma Twig. Emma Twig's in the semi-final of the single skulls today. I mm. think she'll breeze through into the final. And I think she'll finally get on that podium after four years. And then, you know, then we're really, really on the board. And, um, God, we've still got Lisa Carrington to come. We've got the athletics and uh, Val Adams and Tom Walsh. I think that we're, uh, we're on the road now to... Yeah, I don't know if we will win as many medals as we won in Rio, which I think was 18, but um, I think we'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, Richard, just finally, uh, away from the Olympics, um, I know you'll have uh, an opinion on this for sure. Um, the Shannon Frizzell scenario, were you happy with what eventuated from the rugby union on that? I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I know he's had a two-game suspension. I was a little bit surprised they took one game that he stood down from the Highlanders into account with that um, because initially when the allegation came out um, into the media, the Highlanders, they had a game coming up, and I can't remember who it was against, but they said, look, Shannon Frizzell, he's going to stand down from this. Um, uh, and they said, look, while the investigation is, you know, sort of happening, and of course that happened at the same time as those terrible events uh, in the supermarket when um, an assailant took a knife in there and attacked some people. So the police were very busy. So my understanding was they didn't have time to investigate the Frizzell incident, OK, and we probably all thought, OK, well, Frizzell's going to stand down to get his head clear and just let this thing blow over. So, OK, so now he's taken diversion, um, uh, for the after the alleged assault in the Dunedin District Court, then they say come out and they say he's, he's suspended for two games. So they're taking that earlier game for the Highlanders into account. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure. I wonder if they perhaps would have been better to say, look, he missed two games for the All Blacks. That might have sent a bit of a stronger message. Um, so he's going to miss the first Bledisloe Cup game. That's going to be the one in Auckland on I think it's August seven. Uh, that's probably my my feeling on it. I um, I don't know the full circumstances around it. I do remember at the time the the Highlanders CEO Roger Clark when he spoke to media, reading and listening to the reports, he said he'd be surprised if um, Frizzell would be charged for the incident, having seen I, I presume he saw CCTV footage or speaking to all parties. So 
when you, you try to piece all these parts together, don't you, and, you, and try to figure out what's going on. But um, end of the day, they have stood him down, um, and he is, you know, he, he's got diversion and get on with it. But on a final note, um, I do think this is another sort of um, not a warning shot for the Highlanders, but just in recent times when there's been players getting up to mischief whether it be last year during one of their buys, they had players um, acting up at a, a motel in Queenstown. Um, and obviously then during the Super Rugby season, Tony Brown stood down a bunch of players for, uh, well, they wouldn't actually tell us the exact reasons for it, but obviously they, they had that party house in a, uh, in a residential suburb and that, that was reported on. And now we've got the Frizzell incident yeah, something probably needs to be tidied up a, a wee bit down there. Um, I'm a bit loath to really go putting the boot in because rugby teams are so high profile that we do jump on anything. But perhaps something just has to be tidied up down there. I'd like, I wouldn't like to see any more of these incidents this year or even the next 12 months or the next 24 months, to be honest. I'm getting a little bit tired of it. So you know, I hope I've made my point. And I'm sure the Highlanders are aware of that yeah. as well. But it's, um, it's just, yeah. It just seems to be coming out of one team, and it would be good if we didn't hear too much more of it in the future. Thanks. Yeah, and thanks to indeed uh, to Richard Nola and to Suzanne McFadden. They've been the panellists this morning. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91